you and Linda. We love the, the beautiful music. It's such a treat to be able to hear that on a Sunday morning. So as, as we begin our message this morning, I want you to think of a particular individual. You have to go back in history a little bit. Uh, does the spruce goose ring any bells? Spruce goose? Uh, who is it? Who built that? Howard Hughes. You remember him? He died in 1976. And at that time, he was considered to be the richest man in America. His net worth was about $2 billion, that's with a B, $2 billion. In his career, he was considered to be his generation's most accomplished aviator. He had almost all the world speed records for flying in an airplane. Not only that, he owned Trans World Airlines, now defunct, but at the time one of the largest international airlines. He owned two regional airlines. He owned a mining company, a tool company, a major motion picture studio. <laughs> he also had a number of casinos and hotels in Las Vegas, vast amounts of real estate, and on top of all of that, he had the privilege to date many of Hollywood's most famous stars. When he died, he had 15 personal assistants and three full-time doctors. And yet, in spite of all of that, you'll be shocked at what he actually died from. Malnutrition. <laughs> at the end, he was emaciated, he was dehydrated, he was less than 100 pounds, even with all of his money and all of his power and all the people who cared for him because he was so eccentric that he would no longer eat food. No food and no water because he was afraid that it was not pure enough and it would kill him. I didn't know that one little thing that if you don't eat food, you will not live. <laughs> well, that's the message for today. Of course, we're not talking about physical food, but rather the spiritual, which is even more important. But the message is the same. If you are not being fed by pure spiritual milk, you will die. Now, we're going to take a look here at the words... Of Peter, So find your outline, the words there. He begins, Therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Now we're going to get to the food part, but let's say that you are taking, as a, as a husband, let's say you are taking your beautiful wife out for dinner at your favorite restaurant. And you have been working in the yard all day long. What is the very first thing that you ought to do before you go out and eat the wonderful meal? Take a shower. Strip off those old, dirty, sweaty, stinky clothes. Not going to be a good meal with that aroma, is it? That's what Peter is saying. Before we even get to the Word of God, first rid yourselves of all these wicked things. Now, the translation 
in the NIV is malice, but probably a better word is wickedness. Wickedness simply means someone and their attitude toward God and themselves. A wicked person in the Bible is not just a sinner, not just someone who does evil, but someone who focuses only on themselves rather than on God. So Peter says, first, get rid of your attitude about yourself and focus rather on God. Now, you may remember, if, if you were paying attention this week to the e-letter, if you, if you clicked on the video, I did a, a little video, a little preview this week about a certain bumper sticker. Anybody remember what that was? God is my what? Co-pilot. I'm sorry if I offended anyone who has that on their car. Take it off, Right? That is the attitude of so many Christians. God is my co-pilot because they think that in so doing, they're telling the world that God goes with me wherever I go. So if I go to work, God is with me. If I go to school, God is with me. If I go to the park, God is with me. If I go to the Cubs game, God is with me. Well, maybe not so much with them, right? But it's all wrong. Yes, God is with you wherever you go. But he doesn't want to be your co-pilot. In fact, he doesn't want you in the cockpit at all. But that's the attitude of many Christians. I am my captain. I am the pilot. I am the one who is going in the direction that I want to go. We use words like my husband, my wife, my children, my house, my car, my ministry, my future, my past, my present, my, 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 my. But it misses the point because everything, including this body and your body and your soul and all of your so-called possessions, belong to God. He owns everything. And that's the exact opposite approach of the world. So Peter is saying, get rid of that attitude. God calls you and me to a higher standard where we are not at the center of our universe, but rather God comes first and even others come before us. And so we are to repent. We are to get rid of. We are to strip off this attitude. Our goal in life should not be for God to bless our plans in our dreams, and our ambitions. Oh, God certainly cares about all those things. But he has a far better plan for all of you than you could ever have for yourself. And so he's simply asking you to align yourself with him. And that begins with the attitude. It's not all about you, it's all about God. So now you're going to the great restaurant. Here is going to be all kinds of wonderful food. You have stripped off the old clothes. You're no longer stinky and dirty. (laughs) You've thrown off the wickedness of the world. Now, Peter says, go and get a good meal. And it's not necessarily what you think. It is pure spiritual milk. Like newborn babies. What do babies like? for food. 
milk. That's what they crave. And so when they're hungry, a rattle will not do. When they are hungry, music will not do. When they are hungry, even rocking them and hearing their mother's soothing voice will not do. There's only one thing that will work, one thing that will stop them from crying, and that is food. That is milk. That is what they crave. And Peter says, you ought to crave that. And what is that pure spiritual milk? It's the Word of God. It is being in the presence of God. That should be our desire over everything else. And if we don't get that, then we are going to starve. Now, we know physically that there are two ways that a person can starve. One is obvious. Not getting any food. Not getting enough food. And we've seen pictures on television of the poor, malnourished children around the world. We see the skeletons and the gauntness. And we feel sorry for them. But there's another kind of malnutrition as well. You remember when the pilgrims were coming across to the New World, when generations of people were coming from Europe to the New World, they would bring rations along with them, but so often what they would forget would be fruit. Fruit that has vitamin C in it. And they had plenty of food to eat, but because they were missing an important ingredient, They would have scurvy and their teeth would begin to fall out and their bones would be brittle and their vital organs would shrivel up and they would eventually die because they didn't have the right food. Well, the problem in our world today is that so many of us are living on spiritual junk food, even Christian. I've listed just a few here in your notes. You can check your own life to see if any of these apply to you. Mindless programming on television. There are hundreds of channels these days. But how much of it is pure spiritual milk? One of the reasons that we clued you in, if you weren't already, to The Chosen last spring. Pure spiritual milk in a medium that that so many of us are familiar with right there on television. Not only is is television sometimes mindless, but it goes against the very things in which we believe. Movies as well. Extreme violence. Filthy language. Lurid sex going against the mores and the values of the Bible and the Word of God. So many people these days are finding belonging, not in the community of a church, but but on social media. That's where they're finding their, their meaning and their identity, rather than as a child of God. In the music that so many people listen to, or the conversation peppered not in praise to God, but rather in taking his name in vain and disgracing the name of Jesus. 
So there's two kinds of starvation spiritually. Not feeding at all on the Word of God or filling ourselves with spiritual junk food. So let me ask you physically, how many of you get three square meals a day? Raise your hand, most of us. How many of you add a couple snacks along with that? Yeah, me too. So we're not usually hurting too much for physical food. How about this? Next week, we are going to begin the being challenge. And hopefully, you'll, you'll be following along with that, maybe reading the book in a small group or with your family. As we get through that, one of the things, of course, is studying Scripture. Word, the Word of God is at the very center of what we do. I will guarantee you, and you can quote me on this, you can hold me to this, I will pay not only <laughs> the amount of your book, but any other amount that you desire, if your life is not radically changed by spending 15 minutes a day in the Word of God. Yes, your life will be radically changed. Those of you who are already doing that know it is the truth. Life is so much better when you begin in the Word of God. Husbands, you'll love your wife more. Wives, you'll love your husbands more. You'll understand your children better. Your career will go more smoothly. You'll have more joy and peace and fulfillment in your life. You will even live longer, and you won't end up like Howard Hughes. (laughs) You'll be more physically fit simply by reading the Word of God. It not only is spiritual food, but it changes everything. Yearn for the Word of God. Treasure the Lord knowing that he is the greatest and the highest of everything that you could ever experience. And regardless of where you are, whatever stage of life you are in, it is never, and I mean never, too late to begin. Cute little story. There was a police officer, and he was making a routine traffic stop. You see, this car was going way too slowly on the interstate. Pulled him over. There was an elderly lady driving. And he says, ma'am, you're driving way too slow. He says, no, officer, I was just following the signs. Well, what sign? The one that says 20. They're all over the place. It says 20. So I was going 20 miles an hour. He says, no, ma'am, that is not the speed limit. That is the number of the highway. All right? You've got to drive faster. It's, it's a law. Then he looked in the back seat and he saw about three other elderly ladies, and they were distraught. They had this wide-eyed look on their face, and they were holding on to each other in abject terror. And so he asked, well, what's wrong with the ladies in the back seat? And the driver said, well, you know, we just got off Highway 101. Not too late (laughs) to learn and to grow for your family to grow up on that pure spiritual milk 
which we know is the Word of God. My friends, this book right here can save your marriage. It can save your family. It can save you a ton of heartache and grief and sorrow. It will literally save your soul. Remember those old commercials, Got Milk? (laughs) The milk industry was telling us that not only babies need nourishment, but all of us. We have pure spiritual milk. It's my prayer that you would drink from it every single day so that you too might grow up and mature in your salvation. Amen? Amen. Let's all rise.